is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. My brain is working so fast right now that I almost feel badly for those wussified betas and enemies of pleasure because they cannot keep up with me. It is a lost cause for the enemies of pleasure, and I'll tell you who else it's a lost cause for. It is a lost cause for all those enemies of free speech. I'll get to that in a little bit, but we've got some very... Exciting news to talk about involving delicacies. Now, as the reigning supreme show on Alpha Male Pleasures, that includes cigars, spirits, dames, and delicacies. And I've got a delicacy in front of me. You hear that? That is an unopened bag of a delicacy that I cannot wait to get my chompers into. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. It is the general, front and center from Command Center Alpha and your global alpha male-in-chief here in the Cigar City. As always, we extend to you a long-ash snappy salute And I must tell you that I am just drooling looking at this bag of very special potato chips, as they say in Spain. I would like some potato chips. And I'll get to that in just a moment because we're going to talk about that. There are some other delicacies involving some various condiments that we will also get to. I'm, I'm looking at my massive desk here, which looks like an airplane wing here at Command Center Alpha. I am just loaded with things to get to. Got a special cigar, a very unique limited edition cigar we'll enjoy for our litation ceremony. I've got a very special libation, also limited run. In fact, this libation is so limited, the closest store, if you would, if you are living within a 25-mile radius of the Cigar City of Tampa, the closest store that you can find this at is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. That is the honest truth. So we have much to get to today, but first up, let's talk about these potato chips. I read this story somewhere. I can't even remember where I see it, that Lay's, they have their special flavor blends. They do, they have like 30 different core flavors. If you go on, you know, there's a regular Lay's, there's the Kettle Cook, there's the Ruffles, there's the Ruffles Barbecue, there's the low, so they got like 30 different varieties. In fact, probably more. I've never counted on a supermarket shelf. But I will guarantee you there's got to be at least 30, 40 of Lay's. I mean, they're the dominant potato chip brand on store shelves. And they started a number of years ago of uh, rolling out limited 
time releases, but they do it on a regular basis. Now, there is one that I remember trying that was lobster roll and deep dish pizza. It was supremely delicioso. So I see the announcement that Lay's is going to be coming out with three new limited edition kettle-cooked potato chips or wavy potato chips, whatever, then they're different brands. The first one is the wavy lime and sea salt. I had zero interest in that one. The second one was the Flamin' Hot Dill Pickle Doritos. Have zero interest in that. A correction, uh, potato chips. Have zero interest in that. But the third one captured my attention in a very large manner. It's the Lay's Kettle Cooked Classic Beer and Cheese. Now, in the Midwest, beer cheese is a big snack at bars. Comes in many forms. Basically, it's like a, what are they called? Somebody told me it's like a Wisconsin queso. Combination of beer and cheese that turns into like a nacho cheese or a thick cream cheese, depending on who's making it. It's also a very popular soup. So when you think about the three food groups, Lay's has perfectly captured them all. Well, I don't know that yet because I haven't tasted it yet. But I would venture to say, when you think about the three very important food groups, you have one potato chips, two beer, and three cheese. So I needed to get a hold of this. I actually called around some various stores. A couple of supermarkets did not have it. However, one supermarket not far from me did have it, and I decided to venture out for one and only one reason, to find and hunt down a bag of Lay's kettle-cooked classic beer cheese-flavored potato chips. So I have in my hand, as you can hear it, they say, turn up the flavor, experience flavor and music in perfect harmony. Now, I'm looking at what is in the ingredients. Let's see here. Potatoes, vegetable oil, beer cheese seasoning, maltodextrin made from corn, cheddar uh, cheese. Let's see what else. Salt, whey, natural flavor, skim milk, yeast, dextrose, beer solids, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of different ingredients in here. It's not just like a natural potato chip. I'm not a big eater. I love potato chips, but I've not been a big eater for a long time. However, every once in a while, you got to splurge. It was $3.49 for an eight-ounce bag. So, you can hear the chips. Let me open up the bag. First, I'm going to smell it. Mm. Getting some definite notes of cheese. Mm. Not really getting any beer, beer flavor. All right, so let me pull one out. Let me get a nice big one here. Okay. Hmm. 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 I'm getting some. I'm getting a little lager taste right now, with a little cheese. Hold on, take another taste. Hmm. Sergeant Steve, I just passed a few over. I brought another bag over in the control room. What do you think so far? Delicious. Holy cow. A lot of cheese, but there's a lot of lager on it, too. A little hoppiness. All right. So this is pretty good. Now, what I make this, my regular 
potato chip of choice? And the answer is no. However, once in a while, you got to splurge. So the Lay's Kettle Cook Classic Beer Cheese. Now, the next flavor that I would like them to come out with is cigar and bourbon. If you combine those, that would be fantastic. And then after that, what I would like is a nice Angus ribeye-flavored steak, Pittsburgh-style, rare in the middle, with maybe uh, a side of... uh, Hmm, what else? You know what? Just the steak flavor alone I think would be good enough. Now, here's the test. I have got Puppy Baron, Pendragon's Royal Baron, my canine companion, and security detail. Now, we've got Pendragon's Royal Sultan, who is back at the Pleasure Palace. But we've got Puppy Baron here. Now, Baron eats everything. Doritos, chips, nuts. Sultan, on the other hand, very finicky. So, Baron, come here. I need you to come here because the, you are going to be the taste tester here for this Lay's Kettle Cook Classic Beer and Cheese. All right, let's see what happens. All right, he's now taking it over. He's going to pull it in the corner. Hmm. Yep. No, now he just, now I'm not thinking, yeah, not liking it. He just kind of took a few bites and dropped it. Baron, you don't like it? Go ahead, finish it up. I think Baron is not a fan. Wait, hold on. He's sniffing it again. Now he's licking the potato chip. Again, this is new. He's used to just regular potato chips. He's not used to a Kettle Cook classic beer and cheese. Yeah, not too much. Not too much. Sergeant Steve, you and I obviously enjoyed it. Baron, not so much. More for us. More for us. It really is. So, pretty good. Definite has that unique flavor. I'm going to take one more chip. I'm done. Now... Let's stay in the delicacy area. Heinz, known for ketchup. Also known for mustard and relish. Recently, they came up with a combination combination ketchup and mayonnaise and called it mayo chup. Well, now they have just released two new, what they're calling spicy sauces, And it's the same, it's in the same kind of inverted package, inverted bottle, that you see a lot of the Heinz uh, ketchup. So basically, it's always the gravity forces all the the sauce or the ketchup down, so it's easy to store as well. They're coming out with two new sauces, mayo must, which is mayonnaise and mustard, and mayo q, which is mayonnaise and barbecue. Now, when you think of you eat stone crabs, there's a combination, there's a mustard sauce, and it's basically mustard or like a honey mustard with or a Dijon mustard with mayo. So the mayo must I will try. The mayo cue, not so much. Sergeant Steve, do any of these sound appetizing to you? Um, the mayo must, absolutely. Uh, I'd probably yeah. try the mayo cue, but not I'd expecting it, a lot I'm, out of it. Now, I don't really think mayonnaise and barbecue sauce. Wait a minute, I'm just looking over. Puppy Baron has finished. He's eaten the potato chip. Wait a minute. He wants another one. Let's see what happens. Again, it took him a few minutes to kind of figure out what it was. All right, so here, he's gonna, let me take one of the microphones. All right. Go ahead, Baron. <laughs> he's shy. He's eating it, but he's taking it in the corner. All right, so clearly Puppy Baron likes it. All right, so uh, to me, barbecue sauce, as far as I'm concerned, 
does not belong mixed with mayonnaise. Mustard I have no problem with, but uh, I'm going to pass on the mayo cue. Now, this past Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. We, of course, as cigar connoisseur, uh, cigar connoisseurs make it long Ash Wednesday. So wherever you were, I hope that you smoked a cigar and enjoyed yourself, as did I. Big weekend. We have DST, Daylight Savings Time, begins tonight, a correction, tomorrow morning at 2 a.m. Remember, we spring ahead. We lose an hour of sleep. For those of you that are bussified beta males or Dems, try to follow along. We lose an hour because what happens is we roll the clock forward. I'm sure there are going to be many Dems and Libs and many Wissified Betas that end up being a little bit late for their appointments on Sunday because they haven't figured out how to turn the clock ahead. In any event, that's big. Sergeant Steve, do you know what next Thursday is? Exactly one month after Valentine's Day. I sure do. It's the best holiday of the year. The best holiday of the year for men. It is national steak. And BJ Day, or is it BJ and Steak Day? Steak and BJ Day. Steak and BJ Day. Steak and Blowjoy Day for all men. Now, when you think about, for women, Valentine's Day is is their Super Bowl. But for men, this is, without a doubt, the Super Pleasure Day for men because it combines two things that men enjoy. Nice meat and a little bit... Not a little, a lot of pleasure for the alpha male. So I can be sure that got 32 dames in the harem. All 32 of them will be, they'll be feeding me a steak. I won't have 30, 32 bites of a steak, which will probably total one steak. And we'll have ample time for all of them to service me. No ifs, ands, or buts. And by the way, yesterday was International Women's Day. I call it International Dames Day, IDD. And in honor of International Women's Day or International Dames Day, I allowed the harem to service me, all 32 at one time. Normally, I'd spread that out. They only get uh, one or two a day, but I decided to give them ample amounts of pleasure for International Dames Day. All right, move on here. We have in the past talked about R. Lee Ermey, Marine Corps veteran, beloved character actor. He passed away last April. And you probably know him for his most famous role as Gunny Hartman in Stanley Kubrick's classic movie, Full Metal Jacket. Legendary performance. Frankly, one of the great performances of all time. Now, certainly one of the most politically incorrect performances because of what was in the script. But interesting story about that. R. Lee Ermey, a retired Marine Corps drill sergeant, was brought on board by the producers of Full Metal Jacket to serve as a consultant. And so they had a number of actors that were doing this opening scene, trying to act like a a drill sergeant when these new recruits show up and he's going through kind of the motions on as they're standing by their bunks, walking around and explaining things. And, of course, the actor they hired couldn't get it. Then they bring in another act, couldn't get it. And finally, Lee Hermes stands up and says, let me show you how it's done. Well, he starts to do it. Stanley Kubrick says, wait a minute. This guy may not be an actor, but this guy is the most realistic drill sergeant there is. We're casting him as the drill sergeant. The rest of his Hollywood career, 
uh, was history, as they say. He had memorable roles in Seven, Mississippi Burning, The X-Files, Toy Story 2, the 2003 remake of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He also hosted uh, TV shows called Mail Call and Lock and Load with R. Lee Ermey. I think one of them was on the History Channel, or maybe both were on the History Channel. Uh, but in any event, really well-known Hollywood actor. Very, very, his look, his voice, very distinctive. Well, when he passed away at the, the Oscars or the Academy Awards, they recognize people who have passed away in their in-memoriam segment. And he was amongst a number of people that were not included. And I thought it was really a slap in the face. I can only attribute that to the fact that he was a conservative. He wasn't a raging lib like most of Hollywood. That's the only thing that I can really think about. Well, you may also remember Arlie Ermey from playing a, I don't know, a, psych, a, a psychologist or psychotherapist in the Geico ad. And to show you just what a fabulous actor and how well-known he was, we have that Geico audio. Let's play it. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Does a former drill sergeant make a terrible therapist? And that's why yellow makes me sad, I think. That's interesting. You know what makes me sad? You do! Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land, where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon! Uh, Mamby... Oops, sorry about that, Sergeant Steve. You know what? Mamby Pamby land... Yeah, jack wagon. Let's hit that. Sergeant Steve, hit that one more time. And I'm Could not going to interrupt. Could switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Does a former drill sergeant make a terrible therapist? And that's why yellow makes me sad, I think. That's interesting. You know what makes me sad? You do! Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land, where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jack wagon. Tissue? Crybaby. Classic tissue crybaby. The character that played the guy on the uh, on the couch that needed the therapy, total wussified beta. No way in hell he would ever get any confidence. But just hearing, there's nobody else that could pull that off. Transitioning that character from, hmm, that's interesting. To, you know what makes me sad? You do, you mamby pamby jack. Uh, a jack wagon? Phenomenal. So Arlie Ermey snubbed at the 2019 Academy Awards telecast. He wasn't the only one. Uh, Vern Troyer, who played Mini-Me in the Austin Powers movie, left out. Carol Channing, very well-known actress for a long time, left out. Sandra Locke, who was also a well-known actress. But when I saw that Gunny... Arlie Ermey, who played Gunny Hartman in Full Metal Jack and was snubbed. That is totally unacceptable. We will pay tribute, and we just did pay tribute to him. Nobody like him. Big cigar lover, loves cigars, just a, a, a well-known cigar connoisseur, a great actor. He, what you saw is what you got. People that knew him told me exactly what you saw is how he was. Great guy, but... Uh, he was a real live Marine, and it showed so a snappy salute to the great R. Lee Ermey. I have always believed 
that an afternoon nap, an afternoon snooze, an afternoon siesta is healthy for you. We've seen presidents in the past that have taken a snooze. In fact, that's why at my command center alpha office, I have a luxurious leather sofa if I want to take an afternoon snooze. And it has been proven that taking a short snooze, not a long snooze, but a short little cat nap, 20 minutes is good in the middle of the day, recharges you. If you take too long of a snooze, then you're really in a deep sleep. So an hour, an hour and a half, two, that's not the right thing. Just 20 minutes, shut your eyes, little nap time like being back in, in, uh, in nursery school or kindergarten. Ah, the good old days. And you're fresh and ready to go for the rest of the day. Well, Now we have factual evidence that an afternoon nap is healthy for you. According to Dr. Manolis Calistratos, a cardiologist at Asclepian General Hospital in Vula, Greece, who is part of a uh, group that studied the effects of nap on health and blood pressure, midday sleep appears to lower blood pressure levels at the same magnitude as other lifestyle changes. For each hour that you snooze, your systolic blood pressure drops an average of three points. Systolic pressure, the top number, so if somebody says your blood pressure is 120 over 80, the top number in a blood pressure reading is the force of your blood pushing against your arteries when the heart beats, whereas the bottom number, diastolic, is the force between heartbeats. So taking a low-dose blood pressure drug, for example, can lower your level an average of five to seven points, where taking a nap can reduce your overall blood pressure an average of Five points. And findings are relevant because a drop in blood pressure as small as two points can reduce the risk of cardiovascular events such as a heart attack by up to 10%. They say that if you nap 49 minutes compared to those who don't, your blood pressure actually went down. Those who napped, their average blood pressure was 129 over 76 compared to those who didn't which was 135 over 80. So the moral of the story here, take a little midday snooze. It's a nice pick-me-up, keeps your brain bright and your blood pressure down. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor.
Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, in the mail this week, I received a sampler pack of some very unique cigars that are being released by General Cigar, including the Punch Diablo Stump and the El Diablo and a very unique cigar that is being released this month. Actually, probably in the next couple of, uh, probably next week, to coincide with April 1st, April Fool's Day. It is the Punch Egg Roll. And the first thing I looked, I get these cigars, and I look at it, and I'm like, first, it's kind of a short Robusto. And then on it, it's a white background with a red almost a burgundy foil that says punch and there is a Chinese symbol on the front and I'm looking at this saying okay this is interesting this is unique what is this all about and then I find out the punch egg roll launched to take advantage of Mr. Punch their fictional character's favorite holiday April Fool's Day it is definitely something different to entice consumers to come out of hibernation after experiencing their sub-zero uh, vortexes during the winter season this year. The Punch Egg Roll, one size only and very limited. It's coming out in 3,000 bundles and boxes allocated to only brick-and-mortar cigar retailers across the country. Now, the 25-count bundle comes in a Chinese takeout box. You know those little white boxes that you get that's got the little metal handle on there when you take out Chinese restaurant. That's what the 25 count bundle comes in. And it is a shout out to the year of the pig, the Chinese year, year of the pig. One size, a four and a half by 50 Rothschild. So a little bit shorter than a regular Robusto. And it's got a shaggy foot. Same, if you look, think about it, what's in an egg roll? Cabbage, so it kind of looks like the cabbage in an actual egg roll. See how they're playing all these little nuances here? Now the blend is a new blend for Punch. It is made at their Honduran factory, their Hatsa factory. Very Villazan in flavor. I already smoked one earlier this week. Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Ecuadorian Sumatra binder. So you get a nice combination there. A four country filler blend. Colombian, Mexican, Dominican, and American. So very, very nice. And here's the great part about this cigar. $3.99 suggested retail. Because Punch wanted this to be the kind of cigar you grab by the handful. You know, you take 10 of them, great, it's 40 bucks. Incredibly reasonably priced for a premium hand-rolled cigar. And here's what, what else is interesting. If you, when you're done with the cigar, take off the band 
And on the back of the band, you will find that each one has a special fortune. There's a total of five different fortunes. And the I will find out what my fortune says on this particular cigar. So I will enjoy the punch egg roll today for Litation. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. My Cigar Dave signature Mala Make America Lightate again from the R&D Labs here at the uh, Alpha Male Entertainment Network. You can hear that giant flame loaded up with butane ready for action. Cigar Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three... Two, one. Perfect cut on this punch egg roll. Love the name. Actually, I think it's a great concept. Fabulous concept. Let me toast the foot of this egg roll. I'll tell you what, all it needs is a little bit of duck sauce to dip in, and you'd really be ready to go. All right. And by the way, I try not to buy anything Chinese because China is an enemy. No ifs, ands, or buts. Chinese food being the exception because... The Chinese people that make food here came to America, no problem. And this cigar, even though it has a Chinese concept, made in Honduras, not Chinese. Let's continue toasting the foot of this cigar, taking my sweet time. Again, not a long cigar, only four and a half inches in length, 50 ring gauge, or 50, 64, seven inch in diameter. I'll fucking rotate. Nice flavor, right off the bat. Mm. Mm. A little bit of spice. A little bit of clove. Mm. Blow on the foot of the cigar. Fabulous. Take a few puffs. Mm. Nice. Okay. Right off the bat. Very nice draw, by the way. Picking up some notes, as I said, of some spice, almost like a clove, cinnamon type of flavor. And a little bit of medium strength on the palate, but very pleasant. Very, very nice. This is definitely has that that uh, Villazon Honduran taste. Frank Yaneza, the man behind Villazon for many, many years, one of the great master blenders, knew how to work with tobacco, knew him for many, many years, passed away at the uh, age of 90. Wonderful man, wonderful gent. He just had a certain flavor profile. He liked more of the medium flavored, nothing overpowering, and this is not an overpowering cigar. Mm, very nice. Got a punch egg roll. You should start seeing it in the next week or so at your cigar retailer. If not next week, maybe the following week. If they don't have it, you may want to ask them about it. The punch egg roll, 3,000 bundles and boxes. That is it. So not a ton of these cigars being made. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Now, since I already smoked the punch egg roll earlier this week, in addition to the litation ceremony today, I knew the flavor profile. And I knew I needed something that would be very complementary in flavor and taste and strength in the spirits category to this punch egg roll medium-flavored cigar. I have just the thing. Punch egg roll is limited, and my libation today is limited as well. I have pulled out the bottle of Crown Royal Monarch 75th 
anniversary edition. It is a blended Canadian whiskey. Now, Crown Royale goes back, interesting story, goes back to 1939 when Seagram's and the Bronfen family that owns Seagram's introduced Crown Royale whiskey in honor of the maiden visit of King George and Queen Elizabeth to Canada in 1939, made with over 50 distinct whiskeys in the blend. Definitely, probably, not probably, definitely the most recognizable of all the Canadian whiskeys. Cigar Abe, my grandfather, loved Crown Royale. Used to give me a little sip when I was a little kid. He'd go, okay, dip your finger, take one sip, don't tell your daddy. Just like I had a puff when I was, I don't know, five years old. He said, I said, come on, Pop Abe, let me have just one puff. All right, but don't tell your daddy. I didn't know what I was doing. I took a puff. Turned out fine. No problem. Well, he loved Crown Royal. And since the regular first Crown Royal, there's Crown Royal Reserve, Crown Royal XO, Extra Rare. The Crown Royal Maple Finish Whiskey, dude, I think that is does done a huge disservice to Crown Royale. It's like drinking Log Cabin or Aunt Jemima pancake syrup straight up. It's horrible. They have decimated a wonderful whiskey. But not the Crown Royal Monarch 75th Anniversary Blend to commemorate the 75th anniversary of that 1939 visit. Very, very limited. About 70 bucks a bottle. Now, this blend uses more of their fabled coffee still rye whiskeys than the norm, and a special whiskey that is not specified. It was created by their master blender, Andrew McKay. Very limited edition. The closest, I just did a search. Typed in Crown Royal Monarch 75th Anniversary. Closest store I could find is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Nothing in the cigar city of Tampa. So it's got a very nice light caramel color to it. I'm going to pour a little bit into my special whiskey snifter here, my Glencairn snifter. And the top, I love it, looks like a crown. Let you see a king wear. Almost looks like the crown you'd see on Imperial Margarine. So let me swirl this around in my snifter. Wow, a lot of sweetness right off the bat. Almost some vanilla, a little bit of maple notes, cinnamon notes, just on the nose. Let me say cheers. Oh, this is delicious. Wow. A little bit of warmth. A little toffee on the on the palate. Very, very unique, very discernible. Very light. On a 1 to 10 strength profile, it's probably going to be around a six and a half, seven, but a tremendous amount of warmth down the palate. On the exclusive CD WF fact, uh, uh, scale, the Cigar Dave warmth factor, this definitely is about a nine on the warmth factor. Take another sip. Mm. Very nice. I'll tell you, it's just straight up on this, neat, no water. Don't put any water in this. You'll kill it. It's not overly powerful, and I think you will dilute a lot of the very unique, harmonious notes in this Crown Royale Monarch 75. So take a puff of my punch egg roll here. Very nice. And take a sip of my Crown Royale Monarch 75. Fantastic. The National Cigar Litation 
and libation ceremony is officially concluded. And when we come back, I'm going to get into what uh, airlines are doing now as it relates to gender. Some interesting developments on that front and a gender classification I would like to see. And also, we know that free speech is under attack. Martina Navratilova. Now, this doesn't fall under pleasure, but we like free speech. Those of us that are alphas, that are cigar connoisseurs, that work hard, that engage in political discussion and debate, we love free speech. We revere free speech. There is an attack, not only on pleasure, but on free speech. And we will get to that right around the corner. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Cigar connoisseurs and enthusiasts love going into their retailer's humidor and seeing what's new, what's exciting. It's like a kid in a candy store. And we've got a great way that you can enjoy and sample fabulous cigars from incredible manufacturers. It's the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Every month, you will receive three fantastic cigars in an Officers Club Ziploc pouch shipped directly to you for $22.95. Now, in the past year, we've had incredible selections. We had the world of Davidoff, which featured an Avo and a Davidoff Winston Churchill. We've had cigars from A.J. Fernandez, from Rocky Patel, from Placencia, Drew Estate, Sindicato, Fonseca. Incredible cigars that you will love. Become a member of the Officers Club today. Join now. Go to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. You will absolutely love it. Defending your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It's the General Cigar Dave. Ah, thoroughly enjoying this Crown Royal Monarch 75th Anniversary Whiskey. Very, very smooth, very pleasant, very nice. Speaking of whiskey, a tractor trailer 
carrying Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey bottles. That in and of itself, Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, to me, is an outrage. It is a degradation of fine whiskey or bourbon. And I know it's a growing category, these flavored bourbons and flavored whiskeys, but I'm sorry. They're taking perfectly excellent age whiskeys and bourbons and decimating it, disrespecting the whiskey by putting in cinnamon and vanilla and all sorts of other ingredients. It's just like when Crown Royal came out with their maple finished. I thought it was going to be finished in maple barrels. So I buy a bottle of it thinking, great, this is going to be like the Woodford Reserve maple finish. I open up the bottle, I pour it, and the first thing I smell on the aroma on the nose, I'm thinking to myself, boy, this really smells like like pancake syrup. Not even the real maple syrup, the phony stuff, the log cabin and Aunt Jemima that's basically has no syrup in it. It's a concoction of sugar and all sorts of other chemicals. So I then go to take a sip, and I'm like, I may as well, for a lot less money, just go buy a bottle of Aunt Jemima's or Log Cabin and just open it up and just start drinking it straight up. That's exactly what the Crown Royal Maple Finish tasted like. They decimated, they disrespected the history and taste and the aging of their whiskey. Well, a tractor trailer carrying Fireball Cinnamon whiskey bottles crashed Thursday in Massachusetts, outside of Westboro, Massachusetts. Minor injuries. There were 2,800 bottles inside the truck at the time of the crash. They were empty. But can you imagine 2,800 of those bottles all over the road? And maybe it serves them right. Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. I'm sorry, as a whiskey purist, I have no problem with finishing it in different age, in uh, barrels, whether it's finishing in a port barrel or a cognac barrel or a sherry barrel or a white wine barrel, but I'm sorry. To add straight-up flavors to whiskey, wrong. There is something very, very disturbing and very wrong about that. I just simply, it's just unacceptable. All right. Here's another thing that's going to be very unique coming your way. Pabst Blue Ribbon. You've heard of the beer. It's made a renaissance. Well, those of you that like Pabst Blue Ribbon, they're coming out with a whiskey. And the reason we know this is because New Holland Brewing Company in Michigan, which has been working with Pabst, just filed a Pabst Blue Ribbon whiskey label for approval by the federal Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. The label reads, this is Pabst Blue Ribbon Whiskey made from nature's choicest products that legend would have it Jacob Best used in 1844 to provide its smooth, complex flavor. It is an 80-proof whiskey. will come in 750-milliliter bottles. And also on the label, it says the whiskey is aged, and I'm quoting here, for five seconds. I'm not sure I want a whiskey that is aged for five seconds, meaning it's probably an unaged whiskey. Not sure I would want that. And it says, distilled and bottled by Pabst Brewing Company, Holland, Michigan. So this is the first whiskey under the Pabst label. There have been other beer manufacturers that have teamed up with various distillers to try to come out with a limited edition offering. But it sounds like this will be a regular offering. I'm not sure I would want a whiskey 
or a bourbon or any spirit in which on the label it says age for five seconds. And I get that it's a kind of a joke. It's kind of an in-your-face attitude, but not interested. And by the way, Pabst Blue Ribbon, which has made a big comeback, uh, is brewed, I want to say, by I know it's brewed by Miller Brewing Company because there was a big lawsuit because Pabst, a, uh, a family bought the name and the marketing rights and they entered into a contract with Miller Brewing to be their contract brewer, and it's made a big comeback, and all of a sudden, Miller said, you know what, I don't think we want to brew that anymore because it has eaten uh, at market share of some of the other beers. I think it's on the lower-end side, but Pabst Blue Ribbon, known for many, many years as a pretty well-known beer. All right, airlines would like to give their customers now non-binary choices. So when you go to buy a ticket, it asks you, are you male or female? Those are the only two, the only really two genders that I know of. But now, of course, you've got all these cockamamie genders. I am quadrosexual, heterosexual, uh, GPT sexual, multisexual, interstitial. So, I mean, I've never heard of such nonsense. Now the airlines, trying to be politically correct, are giving their customers non-binary choices under gender choices such as undisclosed or unspecified and they almost they are also going to put the optional title of mx so you have ms or mr now it's going to be mx and the airlines say they're making the change to be more inclusive and dealing with a diverse population of travelers the move was praised by advocacy groups for transgender people again now we've got transgender multi-gender quadrigender uh you name it name a gender they're it the TSA says passengers should use the name, gender, and birth date on their government-issued ID. But mark my words, just a matter of time before all these states now say, well, we want to be inclusive. So therefore, you're no longer just male-female. If you want to be multisexual, transgender, multi all this nonsense, have at it. Now, I've got... Now, United Airlines plans to let people select M for male, F for female... U for undisclosed, or X for unspecified from the gender menu when booking a ticket on its website or mobile app. Well, here's what I would like to request. I would like to request the gender. I'd like for them to put A for alpha male, for raging alpha male. I don't want to just be a male because an M male can include beta males. And let's face it, the majority of men in this country now are wussified beta males. We are the minority of males as alphas that are decisive, that are confident. So therefore, I believe that we as alpha males should be accepted by the airlines as such, and therefore, no longer is M sufficient. If all these other genders are undisclosed or multi-genders can have their own selection, we as alpha males rightly deserve to be recognized as such. So therefore, I implore the airlines to come up with a new category, call it AM or just A for alpha male. So on our tickets now, or on our boarding passes, I'd like it to say actually raging alpha male or supremely confident alpha male or testosterone-laden alpha male, but I will just accept AM or A for alpha male. Hour two of our Alpha Male Weekly Bonding and Get Together comes your way next. This, this is AMEA.
Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. The foremost authority on alpha male pleasure, cigars, spirits, diversions, dice, dames, and of course, the general, the five-star general leading the battle against the enemies of pleasure and now the enemies of free speech. I will get to that a bit later on. Also, big show next week. I can't, I, I'm... What ha- I thought we were just doing the New Year's Sparkling Wine Show. It seems like we were just doing that a few weeks ago, and now we're already going to conduct St. Patrick's Day Irish whiskey and Irish uh, cocktail tasting maneuvers next Saturday on the Cigar Dave Show. Where is 2019 gone? I have absolutely no clue, but it's going by way too fast. Those of you that live in the frozen tundra of the Midwest, the Northeast, the Northwest, guarantee you're not saying this year has gone by too fast. You're saying this has been a very long winter. We are ready for some relief. And the good news, you are in the home stretch. Well, theoretically, because I remember when I graduated in May of 1986 from Syracuse University, we had snow flurries the week before graduation. It was May 11th. Of uh, 86, not 2006, uh, 1986 was our graduation or my graduation the week before. Kid you not, there were snow flurries in the cuse. So you never know. But hopefully you're on the backside. And this weekend, this morning, 2 a.m., we spring ahead. And my question is, why do we not have the entire country on permanent and perpetual daylight savings time? I get that it's dark in the morning, but... The fact is, if you live in the Northeast, the Midwest, the Northwest, it starts getting dark at 4.30 in the afternoon. It's like you just got up and then it gets dark at 4.30. That is not very pleasant. So I am one that believes let's go to daylight savings time year-round. Now, in the Cigar City of Tampa, on the shortest day of the year, I think sunsets technically at like 5.30, 5.35, but it doesn't really get dark till about... 545, 550, something like that. But I say, let's go to daylight savings time year-round. But everybody has to do it. You can't have one state doing it and another. That is not going to work. In any event, I got off on that diatribe. I don't know how, but I did. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who we have spoken about numerous times on this show, in fact... As recently as a few weeks ago, he was testifying in front of the subcommittee, the House Subcommittee on Agriculture, Rural Development, Food and Drug Administration, and related agencies in an operations hearing where Gottlieb updated congressional members on the FDA plans for the year. 
He was asked by Michigan Representative John Mulinar, a Republican representing Michigan's 4th District, about regulating premium cigars and about what is happening with premium cigars. And Mulinar said, and I quote, almost a year ago, the FDA announced an advance notice of proposed rulemaking regarding regulatory treatment of premium cigars. Can you tell me what the status is of that rulemaking? And Gottlieb went on to say that they received many comments, a robust number. They're continuing to go through the comments. They will keep Congress updated. They specifically asked questions around whether or not there were different patterns of use associated with premium cigars that would cause the FDA to consider whether cigars should be regulated differently than other tobacco products, and they're still engaged in the rulemaking process. So basically what Gottlieb said was, gotten a lot of comments, we're looking at it, and the big question is, do adults, are they the primary user, which we know they are, and should we look at regulating it different than cigarettes, which they should. Now that was right around the end of February, 20, February 26th, 27th, somewhere in that area. And then on March 4th, he makes a big deal. Gottlieb comes out and says that the FDA is putting 15 national retailers on notice for allegedly selling tobacco products to minors. Now, I'll get to that story momentarily. And then the next thing you know, like uh, the day, the next day on March 5th, FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb resigns. He had been in the post as FDA Commissioner for just under two years, sworn in May 11, 2017. So it didn't even make two years. And he will be vacating his post within 30 days. And Gottlieb cited family as the primary reason behind his resignation. He's been commuting weekly between his home state of Connecticut and Washington, leaving little time to spend with his wife and children, so he says. I'm not so sure. Something's a little fishy about that. When you take the job as FDA commissioner, you know you're going to be commuting. It just seems to me rather abrupt. Don't know, but all I do know is this. A number of years ago, I think around seven, eight years ago, in the New York Post, Scott Gottlieb wrote an op-ed stating that the Obama administration's regulation of premium cigars was excessive and overboard because kids are not smoking cigars. Premium cigars are enjoyed by adults. So he was in favor of the cigar industry being regulated differently. And somewhere along the line, when he became FDA commissioner, he was corrupted, I believe, by the director of the FDA's tobacco group and division and, uh, and, and prohibitionist, Mitch Zealot Zeller, a career bureaucrat entrenched part of the FDA deep state. And when you look at the Trump administration, their policy has been more deregulation, whereas Gottlieb has increased regulation. Now, have they done some good things? Has he done by trying to allow experimental drugs in certain situations and increase the or, or decrease the time it takes to get drugs approved? They have done that. But when I look at the bureaucracy that is devoted now to whether or not people should smoke a cigar, or cigarettes for that matter, to me, it's excessive. As an adult, I should have the right to decide that for myself. Now, we know that people who consume cigars do so in moderation. They do not inhale. They don't smoke five, six cigars a day. In fact, 
the average usage, I think, is one to one and a half cigars per week. So anywhere between three to six cigars per month is the average. I'd say one per week is probably around what most people smoke in terms of premium cigars. They're enjoyed by adults. They're consumed by adults. They are made from 100% tobacco. 100% cigar wrapper tobacco, tobacco binder, and cigar tobacco filler. Now, there are certain instances where there are some botanicals that are used, for example, in some of the Drew Estate and the acid cigars, and maybe there are some other flavors that are used, primarily in machine-made cigars, but they are not hundreds of chemicals like in a cigarette. The cigarette, the objective of the cigarette companies is to get people addicted to keep smoking cigarettes. And they do that by putting in ammonia, licorice. The largest purchaser of licorice in the country is the cigarette industry. People don't know that. They're shocked when they hear that. Not the confectionery industry. Cigars contain none of that. In fact, during the fermentation process, much of the nicotine is dissipated, leaves the tobacco, as does the ammonia, whereas with cigarettes, they want to retain the ammonia, not with cigars. Walk into a cigar, tobacco, aging barn, you will get knocked over by the aroma of ammonia if you are not used to it. The first time I walked in, I had to leave in about three seconds. My eyes, just it was overwhelming. And that's when I learned that during the cigar, premium cigar tobacco fermentation process, the ammonia is dissipated. Same thing when you age cigars after it's rolled for 30 days. The, the additional ammonia dissipates. Same thing with the nicotine. Now, is there some nicotine in cigars? Sure. But people do not smoke cigars for the nicotine content. Otherwise, you would see people huddled around the outside of buildings in rain, snow, sleet, hurricanes, tropical depressions, tropical storms, running to light up a cigar doesn't happen. Why do we not see people running off airplanes to go light a cigar? Because people do not smoke cigars for the nicotine. They are not addicted to nicotine. Any cigar connoisseur can go weeks, months, years without having a cigar. When I get sick, if I have an upper respiratory infection, get a cold, sinus irritation, anything to do with the upper respiratory tract, the last thing on my mind is smoking a cigar. I can cut cigars out, no problem. In fact, I remember I had a very bad upper respiratory infection and a cough, a bronchitis. I don't think I smoked cigars for six or eight weeks. My body didn't shake. I wasn't in withdrawal. Try that with a cigarette smoker. They smoke through their respiratory infections. Cigars and cigarettes are night and day. So Gottlieb knew that. And yet, when he gets in as commissioner, it seems that now he is siding with the zealots that are in the FDA's tobacco enforcement group and the prohibitionists that are there. Now, I will say this. Gottlieb did have a hand, primarily because of a lawsuit, in opening up the deeming rule for cigars, whether cigars should be deemed to be regulated in the same manner as cigarettes, he reopened it for public comment to decide whether premium cigars and other cigars should be regulated differently. And that is ongoing. As I mentioned, we're still waiting to hear. I, I, I 
Glenn Loop, I believe, talked about it uh, when he was on a couple of weeks ago of the Cigar Rights of America. But in conjunction with that, the Cigar Rights of America has also filed a lawsuit. They're attacking this on multiple fronts. They're trying to get a bill passed in the House and Senate. This is now, I think, their fourth or fifth attempt, whereby no monies could be used to regulate premium cigars. It gets enough to have sponsors, but it doesn't, and it passes the House in many cases, but it hasn't been able to get to, to get uh, added onto an appropriations bill. There's also been working the FDA, opening up the rulemaking process again, and the cigar industry filed a suit the end of February in the U.S. Court of Appeals arguing that the final deeming rule the FDA came out with is unconstitutional. The Cigar Rights of America, the Cigar Association of America, and the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association together filed a lawsuit stating that the final deeming rules, deeming that cigars should be regulated just like cigarettes, are unconstitutional. Specifically, the lawsuit reasserts that the FDA's warning plan is unconstitutional and a violation of the First Amendment. They want specific warning labels. They're already warning labels on, but they want to increase that. And two years ago, the industry argued its case against the FDA in court, but the judge last year ruled in favor of the FDA. However, in his opinion, he expressed his dismay and displeasure of the FDA warnings and how they pertain to premium handmade cigars, saying the plan smacks, and I'm quoting here, of basic unfairness. So we'll see where things go. But now Scott Gottlieb is leaving. Gone. Now we have to start off. Who are they going to bring in? Is there going to be somebody, I'm hoping, that the Trump administration would say, wait a minute, we do not want somebody that's going to overregulate everything. And I think Gottlieb started to get in the crosshairs of the White House, where the Trump administration is trying to deregulate much of the Obama administration's overregulation. And now you have Gottlieb, who's doing the same thing, and the Trump administration saying, not so fast. We want less regulation. Now, one other thing that I would like to bring up here that is very important. Now, I just said that Gottlieb made the rounds on cable news as well on national, uh, the news, national newscasts and on CNBC, stating that the FDA is putting 15 national retailers on notice for alleged, allegedly selling tobacco products to minors. Now, I have told you in the past, I have stated to you very clearly that there is a concerted effort to enact de facto prohibition against any form of tobacco, including premium cigars and machine-made cigars. We have seen this. What's the strategy? The enemies of pleasure, first of all, came and said, we want to eliminate smoking in public buildings and restaurants. Fine. Done. Then when it was successful, and then when restaurants spent massive amounts of money to make a nice outdoor cigar-friendly patio, what happens next? The enemies of pleasure incrementally say, well, now we need to regulate tobacco, smoke, and secondhand smoke outdoors. And then it extends to parks and it extends to city streets and golf courses and beaches and so on. Now, they knew that they couldn't enact prohibition. So if you make it more difficult for people to consume a product, 
that will reduce consumption of the product. Then you tax the product. They've done that. Now they want to raise the age of using the product. And I've got an example of umpteen states. I've got New York State wants to raise the, to the tobacco purchase age from 16, or for correction, from 18 to 21. Maryland, 18 to 21. Yet on the, by the same token, Oregon now wants to lower the state voting age from 18 to 16. I'll get to that in a bit. But what we're seeing now is a concerted effort by the enemies of pleasure that has transcended de facto prohibition to outright prohibition. How are they doing that? Well, I said that in Beverly Hills, they have proposed in the city council, the city of Beverly Hills, led by the mayor, that they want to make the sale of any tobacco products illegal within the confines of Beverly Hills, the, the city limits of Beverly Hills. That is outright prohibition. Not even trying to make it disguise it. In Hawaii, a state legislator, a Democrat, wants to raise the smoking age over the next five years to 100. Well, you know what that is. That's blatant prohibition. And now what Gottlieb has done is the next step in prohibition. Now what they want to do is shame retailers from selling a legal product, shame them into voluntarily discontinuing the sale of those products, but with the caveat that they're going to put the squeeze on them. The FDA called out 15 retailers earlier this week for, again, selling, saying that they sold tobacco products to minors and requested information from those retailers. The agency named corporate-owned and franchise retailers who were allegedly found selling tobacco products to minors more than 15% of the time since the FDA started conducting inspections 2010. These retailers include Walgreens, Walmart, Kroger, 7-Eleven, Family Dollar, BP, and Sitco. And FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said he plans to ask these companies about what policies they have in place, what more they plan to do. He sent a letter to Walgreens on Monday requesting a meeting with its top management team. And he said Walgreens was the top violator among pharmacies that sell tobacco products, saying some 22% of Walgreens locations inspected by the agency. Now, you can only have 10 locations out of thousands inspected, but that would mean that there were two out of the 10. So I want to see how many they've inspected. But they said that their employees were legally selling tobacco products to minors. Walgreens said they take the matter very seriously. They're now going to require employees to ask anyone buying tobacco for identification. But you go anywhere now in any... Uh, 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 pharmacy or gas station convenience store, the tobacco products are behind the counter. And there's a big sign that says, if you are not born, if you are born after this date, you cannot buy tobacco products. And every day they take the date off because it changes. And that's the cigarette manufacturers and tobacco manufacturers that have created those signs. So my question is this. My question is, if they're already asking for ID, and we know that, are there going to be some that fall through the cracks? Sure. But I am telling you, my question here is, is this the next step in outright prohibition? The FDA is having a tough time. They're facing legal battles against their deeming rule. The question is, is the FDA now, are they saying to themselves, okay, we're going to make it extremely difficult 
for these retailers. We're going to harass them. We're going to bury them with bureaucratic paperwork. We're going to make them meet with us. We're going to make it so difficult that by the time we are done with them, they are basically going to say, enough is enough. We'll do the take the same route as CVS, and we will voluntarily stop selling tobacco products. It's not worth it for us. Even though it's a legal product, we're done. We're finished. Is that the next step in the evolution of prohibition? I say most certainly yes. There is no question that products that we enjoy consuming that are legal are under attack. We are seeing it. It starts with cigars and tobacco products, and it spreads to soda. California, they want a massive soda tax. They want to put the soda companies out of business. They want to make it so expensive that you stop buying it. Again, incrementalism. This is what the enemies of pleasure, this is their entire strategy. They come in very, very friendly and say, look, all we want to do is just put a penny, an ounce on soda. All we want to do is eliminate smoking cigars in, in restaurants and then outdoor areas. All we want is to raise the legal tobacco purchasing age from 18 to 21, in Hawaii's case, to 100. Incrementalism. And it's going to affect products that you consume, even if you are not a cigar connoisseur. And I know we have massive numbers of listeners, and I know because I receive emails and, and, and social media uh, um, notifications from them saying, hey, I don't smoke cigars, but I like your show. I like when you talk about spirits, or I like when you have this guest on, or I like when you have talking about steaks, or I just agree with you, your philosophy, your philosophy politically. So we cater to a wide variety of people. But if you think, because you don't smoke cigars, that they're not going to come after your coffee, your steak, your sodas, any other product that you enjoy, think again. Because we now are living in a glorified nanny state. And if these ultra-socialists who believe in ultimate government control get their way and get voted in and take control, we are screwed permanently. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Surgeon General's warning. Listening to Cigar Dave talk about the F-U-D-A will cause you anger, and you'll want to overthrow the career bureaucrats. Long live the Alpha. I'm sick of the career bureaucrats. I'm sick of the enemies of pleasure. I'm sick of the taxocrats. I'm sick of those people that think they are far smarter than you and I that wag their fingers at us and tell us how we should and should not live our lives, what products we may or may not consume. And I'm getting sick of them telling us at what age, or raising the age standard by which we are able to purchase cigars. Perfect point. The enemies of pleasure now also attacking the age. They want to raise the age From 18 to 21, here's New York. Want to raise the age from 18 to 21. Maryland, we're seeing it. But yet, at 18, you can serve your country, lose life and limb to defend this nation, but yet you cannot legally purchase a cigar under many of these rules at 18. Now they want you to be 21 because what they're saying is you're not smart enough to make that decision. Or you're smart enough to put your life on the line and have uh, your ass shot at by members of the Taliban and all these other radical Islamists and other terrorists, but yet you're not old enough to be able to decide that you should have a cigar or a beer. Big problem with that. Or, or, Or in a firearm, for that matter. So all these states are raising the age in municipalities from 18 to 21. And yet, and yet... There are states, a congresswoman this week just proposed lowering the voting age from 18 to 16. Perfect example. In Oregon, Democrat lawmakers announced a measure on Monday, lower the state's voting age from 18 to 16. Oregon State Senator Shemia Fagan, a taxocrat, said teenagers are, quote, begging us to take action to protect their future. We need to protect the children's future. Now, I, Bill Clinton, former president, will be the man in charge of looking out for their future, especially if they're hot girls, if they're 16. See, I think we ought to lower not just the voting age, but the legal age in which you can have hot sex with these girls from 18 to 16. I mean, they are smart enough to vote at that age. They should be smart enough to have sexual relations with me. I had sexual relations with that woman at 16. I want to. Believe me, I do. I mean, this is the nonsense. 16. Again, 
They're telling us. They're telling you. They're telling the country, oh, wait a minute, at 18 years old, you're not mature enough to drink alcohol. Got to raise that to 21. Because at 21, that's when your brain is now fully mature and formed to make rational decisions. You're not smart enough at 18 to smoke a cigar. At 21, you are. Yet, they're stating that you are smart enough at 16 because kids are begging us to protect their future. The state senator of Oregon, Shemia Fagan, said young residents should have a chance to participate in the ballot about decisions that affect their homes, their clean air, their future, their schools, and as we've seen, their very lives. So let me ask you this. If they should have the right to participate in the ballot about decisions that affect their future and their lives, shouldn't they have the right then at 16 or minimum 18 to be able to purchase cigars and drink alcohol? Hmm, can't have it both ways. Now, student activists say they deserve the right to vote before their 18th birthday. The U.S. voting age was last changed in 1971 after a decades-long fight to lower it from 21. The 26th Amendment argued that any citizen who was old enough to be drafted in the military at age 18 to fight in the Vietnam War should also be allowed to vote. And I agree with that. I think 18 should be the age at which you should have the right to buy a cigar, 18, the right to vote, 18, the right to consume alcohol. And certainly at 18, you have the right and you are old enough by the nation's standards to defend this nation. If the Oregon law passes, it would be the first state in the nation to lower the statewide voting age to 16. 13 other states have introduced the bill since 2013 to lower the age, primarily for school board elections, some for state elections, but none of the measures have passed. Now, if you don't think this is going to spread like wildfire, like the movement to raise the smoking age from 18 to 21, think again. You're going to see people all over the place say, we need to lower the age from 18 to 16. Why? Because we know that 16-year-olds, especially the, new, the millennial generation and now the Gen Z generation, they're used to being given everything for free. They're not used to being told no. They're not used to working for things. They're always told, you're perfect. You get a tro participation trophy. Yes, you're terrible, and you're horrible at that particular sport, but you're a champion too because there's no losers here. And they are told from a very young age, you're perfect. Whatever you want, give it to them. Don't have to, it's, it's cruel to make a kid work for something. So what happens when they become older, when they hit 16 or 18 or 21? Why do all these kids in college now think socialism is a grand idea? Because their parents have given them everything for free since the time they were kids. They don't know the meaning of work or the value of work or the value of a dollar. They want free health care. They want free college. They want free cars, free video games, free food, free everything. And then you have Bernard Sanders saying, let me make it very clear. There is a right for every child in this country to get all the video games that they want. They should have the right to have as many stickers bars at no charge at any time. Kids should have the right to be able to go to Chuck E. Cheese and get as much cheese pizza as they would like. However, pepperoni, there's an extra cost in there, so we may have to charge for that topping maybe a little bit more. But every child 
should des deserves the right to go to Chuck E. Cheese and get free pizza and free money for video games. It is cruel in an educated nation, in a wealthy nation, to make kids have to pay for their pizza at Chuck E. Cheese. This is the crock of poppycock that we are now seeing. So they want to lower the voting age. But yet, your brain is not formed at 18 to make an informed decision about having a beer or having a cigar. Now, I happen to come across an article in the Buffalo News, buffalonews.com, my original hometown, the newspaper. And they talk about, they discuss raising the age. And the headline says, health advocates, businesses divided on raising age to buy tobacco and e-cigarettes. And they start off the article by saying the way public health experts see it, only good things will come of the state's movement toward raising the legal age to buy tobacco and e-cigarettes to 21, largely because it will place one more impediment in the way of youths, uh, youths who might be tempted to take up a dangerous habit. Well, cigars are not a dangerous habit. Cigars are not a habit. We enjoy those in moderation. And there are people that they talk about, uh, they, they discuss in the article, whereby... Businesses say, look, people at 18 can go serve. They can, they can put their life on the line, but they can't, you know, have a, a cigar or, or buy cigarettes or whatever they want, an e-cigarette. The state assembly last week overwhelmingly approved a bill to raise the age to purchase tobacco and e-cigarettes from 18 to 21. The Senate expected to vote the proposal in the coming weeks. And, of course, Governor Andrew Cuomo, talk about a dumbass will support and sign that bill. Now he's just figuring out that all those big high uh, excise or, or big uh, uh, taxes on millionaires, people have fled the state. And he's shocked. It's just shocking to him. He can't figure it out. Dumbass. Now, people are saying, wait a minute. This is igniting a debate. Why 18 is when adulthood begins. It had been argued that 18-year-olds can serve in the military, they have the right to vote, they, they certainly, at 16, they can drive a car, but at 18, they're too young now to drink alcohol or smoke cigars. One of the spokespeople, one of the health, uh, uh, health department uh, Officials in Erie County, which is the county whereby where Buffalo is located, said we know youth brains are very susceptible to the addictive properties of nicotine because youth brains are still developing until their mid-20s. Okay, so by that argument, you're saying that youth brains still developing into their mid-20s, so why don't we raise the voting age to 25? Why don't we raise all the ages? The, the, the age to serve, you should be 25. The age to, to drink is 25. The age to smoke a cigar to 25. And the age to vote to 25. How many of those Democrats do you think will agree with that statement saying, let's raise the voting age to 25? Not one. Why? Because they want to live in a world of hypocrisy. So on one hand, oh, children are smart enough to vote and make informed decisions and, and, and have a voice in their future at 16. But you got to be 21 to enjoy these other products. But meanwhile, 
We just have a, a, a medical professional saying that youth brains developing until their mid-20s. Well, if that's the case, why on earth would we let any person vote until they're 25? Until their brain is fully mature? Because we, and this proves the point, because most kids, I didn't when I was uh, 18 and voted, but most kids that are 18 to 21, they vote liberal. They vote Democrat because they want everything for free. This explains why most of them do vote the way they do, because their brains aren't fully developed until they're in their mid-20s. But this is the absolute hypocrisy that we are living, the world we're living in now. It's okay at 18 to lay your life on the line, lose a limb, serve your country, defend the, the freedoms of this country. But it is not okay at 18 to possess a firearm, They don't want to make it okay to consume or purchase tobacco products. And now 21, you can't have alcohol products. You can't be not only to purchase it, but to consume it. But 16, no problem. We can lower the voting age. You can't have it both ways. My response is 18. And by the way, if we did a better job, instead of making alcohol so evil and taboo, if we actually did what my parents did and many European parents, European parents do, and European families, they expose their children to alcohol at a young age. Have a little sip of wine. Have it at the table. Don't lock it behind a liquor cabinet. I mean, I can't tell you the number of kids that I went to Syracuse with in college, freshman year, that when their parents left, because their parents never let them drink a lick of uh, of booze, and the, the drinking age was 18 back then, They went crazy. I know several that flunked out because they were bombed all the time. It's like they were just let loose. And I'll never forget seeing kids on my floor, fellow students coming up with umpteen, you know, 20 big pallets of six packs. And they're like, man, isn't this great? We can drink. And I'm like, what's the big deal? My parents had wine, or if I wanted a beer, which I never really did. But the liquor cap, there was no lock on a liquor. The liquor was displayed wide open. If I went to my father and mother and said, you know what, I'd like a little bit of that scotch, they would have said, okay, fine. Because I learned to have respect for alcohol at a young age. I didn't look at it like it was a forbidden fruit, like it was taboo. I didn't go crazy when I left for college say, oh, man, now I'm going to go to town. I'm going to drink my ass off nonstop. No way, shape, or form. Because I, was, I grew up with a respect for it. It was no big deal to see wine on the table. Same thing in Europe. You don't see the high rates of alcoholism in Europe. But when you put a product and lock it up, what's a kid going to do? They're going to say, I want to get at that. It's a forbidden fruit. Let me see if I can pick my way into it. Then they get uh, slammed. Instead of saying, you know what? You're six, seven years old. We have a little wine. We're going to put just a drop of wine in your glass. And you're going to taste it. And chances are, if they, you know, you give them a little distilled spirit at 10, 12, they're going to say, forget it. Don't want it. Wine may be a different story, but we have this Puritan way of life in this country where everything is taboo. If you give your kid a sip of, of wine at 13 or 16, you're a bad parent. You should be arrested. This is the pendulum. This is what has happened. We've become a nation of extremes. Instead of saying to kids, look, you're going to be exposed to this. My grandfather gave me a puff when I was, I don't know, five years old, gave me a little sip 
of Crown. I mean, he mixed it with a lot of water, but I just had a little sip. But again, I was exposed to it, so I didn't go crazy and say, oh, boy, now I'm really going to go nuts when I go to college, and I'm going to be smashed all day and miss all my classes. I saw kids that were, and the common train in every one of them, their parents portrayed alcohol as taboo. They locked the liquor cabinet. They didn't let their kids have it. It wasn't around. They, they, they made it a, a very, very uh, taboo product. So I say, chill out. Relax. And we should do the same thing when it comes to cigars. 18 is more than ample for an adult an 18-year-old to decide whether or not they want to have a cigar. Frankly, the data is out there. If by this time, since 1964, you don't know that cigarettes are tremendously unhealthy for you and cause nicotine addiction, I'm sorry, you're a moron. You're a schmuck. You're an idiot. You're a putz. Now, cigars are different. Cigars are consumed like wine. We don't smoke cigars for the nicotine. We smoke it for the taste, for the relaxation. But again, these are points that have been stressed and made over and over and over again. The problem today, in 2019, is we have extremists. We have extremists that want to enact a nanny state. Nanny state provisions. They tell you what you can consume, what not to consume. They tax what you can consume. They make it difficult for you to purchase what you can consume. And that's what a socialist economy is. It is essentially government control of the private sector. What can be produced, what is not produced, how much people make. That's what socialism is. And what's amazing is these very same people that are flouting socialism, were the, like Bernie Sanders, were the same people that in the 60s were protesting the government, were protesting the Vietnam War, were protesting government intrusion. And yet, what has happened to them? 40, 50 years later, they become the very same prohibitionists and nanny staters enacting the same types of dictatorial control that they were rallying against 40, 50 years ago. And that's what we're seeing today. Unacceptable. We must stand up to it and say enough is enough. Mark my words. If this country or the Democrats go on this ultra-socialist, ultra-leftist bent, they're going to screw their own pooch. We're already seeing it. Ilhan Omar, you know what, I'm going to save what she had to say because there was an interesting article that came out of what she had to say about the Democrats' beloved Barack Hussein Obama. And we'll get to that. I am on a rant and a roll and a rave. I cannot be stopped. Just like General Patton's Third Army could not be stopped in World War II. Final concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the General, each month, delivered straight to your door. When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club for just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner, or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth 
flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate, and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand, also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now. If you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Patriotically made in the USA, America's alpha male-in-chief, Cigar Dave. I am very patriotic. The United States of America is not perfect, never has been, nor is any country. But we're certainly far different than any other country on the planet. And I want to talk about Ilan Omar, the representative from Minnesota, very briefly. She came out with some incendiary statements, and I, a number of people said, including Pelosi, she should apologize. People saying she should apologize. I believe in knowing thine enemy. And I said this, and I said this to numerous friends. There's no reason for Omar to apologize for anti-Israel and anti-Semitic remarks, and it's very so, and anti-American remarks. And the reason is because that's what she believes. If she's apologizing, she's blatantly lying. That's what she believes. She is anti-Semitic, she is anti-Israel, and she is anti-America. And all you have to do is watch her when she went after Elliot Abrams, who is now overseeing the American-Venezuelan policy, when she ranted and raved for umpteen minutes during her questioning about how evil America was in, uh, I'm trying to remember, in El Salvador. And I'm thinking to myself watching it, here's a woman that spent four years in a... Kenyan refugee camp because her family fled the violence in her S-hole country of Somalia. This nation opens her, welcomes her with open arms, and she has the unmitigated chutzpah to castigate this nation and, and denigrate this country and the policies of this country? I'm sorry, I don't see anybody lining up to go to, to Somalia. They're lined up to go to the U.S., and by the way, she is anti-American. And you know what? She just screwed the pooch. Because now, she went after yesterday Barack Obama. 
saying that he's a pretty face who got away with murder with the drone strikes and caging kids at the border, and that's not what we're looking for. Mark my words, the Dems are going to turn on her. Couldn't happen soon enough. Kick her ass not only back to Minnesota, kick her right back to Kenya and Somalia. If you don't have an appreciation and love for this country, we don't want you, especially if you're a member of Congress. Cigar Day, the general saying, may your humidor always be full, may your cutter always be sharp, may your ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. God bless America.